This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. All right. Well, we're very excited about the Tony Gill and uh, about the Tony and Stephanie Gill wedding. It's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Tony's going to disappear, by the way, uh, for a couple of weeks during that, as he should. And uh, but we we are definitely we're going to, we're both going to the wedding, mm-hmm. and we are going to be back with a full report in a few weeks when when this is over. We're gonna we will definitely do a segment recapping the Gill wedding, um, but still a few weeks away from that. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey. Uh, Russ, are you back? Are you back from LA? You look like you're in your house. I am in my home, back from LA. Got back on uh, on Monday. And it was dope. Nice time. Got to see history, be on the call for history. Yes. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, and then L.A.'s, you know, it was almost 90 degrees out there. It's always good. There's never a bad time to be in L.A., I don't think. And uh, we got our boy, uh, Tony Gill, soon to be married on the boards. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A and you'll get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. This mattress is is sustainable. It's innovative. It's designed for perfect firmness. Tone? Okay, Tony's having some kind of technical difficulties, but uh, this man, I, okay, that went great. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. When Tony steps away for two weeks, I don't know if anyone will even notice. No, no, because he's, he's wanted, he's open his mic. All right, I figured he'd enjoy the word firmness. I try to say it as much as I can when I'm talking about this mattress, but it is the perfect amount of firmness. Russ, I don't know if, you, if you're one of these people, like uh, my wife is definitely one of those people where it's like, well, do you... Uh, do you want it hot or cold? And she's always like medium. Do you want th- you want you know this or this? And it's always like mm, in between. Like this is the perfect medium. This is not a soft mattress, like unsupportive, and it's not a hard mattress. It's exactly what you want. Perfect medium. It's made sustainably with eucalyptus, steel, and latex. It's going to keep you cool with that good airflow. Two hundred thirty bucks off is a really good discount on a good mattress and you can get that applied automatically by going to sheetsgiggles.com slash sa you can also go on there and get all their sheets they got the eucalyptus sheets 100 eucalyptus sheets that we all love silky smooth they got this uh 
eucalyptus cotton hybrid that they use for their flannel sheets. They got comforters, duvets, duvet covers, everything on there. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. Russ, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We got Ime Udoka. I think uh, he no doubt is going to be uh, something that we need to get into. Um, I've got an interesting week ahead, by the way, or an interesting few days here coming up uh, parenting-wise. Like, let me tell you what I have to do tomorrow night. I should say uh, Thursday night. So we're recording this on Wednesday night. You guys will get this Friday morning. Uh, Thursday night, I've got one of the weirdest things I'm going to, I think I could ever think of that you have to do to take care of a baby. So we've got a 15-month-old baby in the house. And he's got to go in for this, uh, like, test on Friday morning. And they need him to be asleep during the test. So, like, a- like actually asleep. Like, not uh, put under or anything like that. Like, actually asleep. So, what they've said for the prep for this is we have to, on Thursday night, only let him sleep from midnight till 4 a.m. So that he will be so tired that he'll fall asleep at the time that they are going to do this test. This kid normally sleeps from like 7 to 7. So we're dividing this up where like I have to come home from work Thursday and keep this baby awake till midnight. Which I don't know. While my wife goes to sleep so that then she is able to get up at 4 a.m with him and, and not be, you know, zapped or anything like that to be able to like have some kind of, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if you have any ideas, uh, about how to occupy a baby, um, five hours past their bedtime and keep him awake. Video uh, games. teach him yeah, video so, games. There you yeah, go. Tone. That's, Great. The, the game is bigger than him. I, my wife's, my wife suggested going to target that I could just walk around target with him because it's very bright and loud and everything in there, uh, you know, for like four hours till like 1130 or whenever target closes. Y'all can go to the club. There you go. Yeah. Put him in the little baby carrier and, uh, our baby's allowed at bars. Our baby's allowed at bars. Yo, you talk about, never mind. You're a happily married man. And I would never put you in that position, but you want to stop by uncle Russ's house. I'll put the old Bjorn on, and uh, it's a good conversation starter. It it would be a, a very good conversation starter. I think it'd be there'd be a lot of curiosity. Yes. Hey man, I'm just I'm just trying to offer you suggestions and me suggestions. <laughs> I know this sounds a little bit extreme, but like not feed them until like much later. Uh, you got to feed the baby when they need to eat. You can't deprive a kid of food. Apparently, you can deprive them of sleep because that's literally what they how they describe it. Right, exactly. you know, that's a, that did sound kind of terrible. I'm like, yo, yeah. don't they're like, he needs he needs to be sleep deprived. Was how they put it so that you can get him to sleep very easily for this test. I mean, I don't know how I would do staying up till twelve and then getting up at four. Like, just pick him up and then take him with you at four, or. Like, cause a lot of times he's probably just gonna sleep on the car right there if you yeah, wake so, him up that early. So that's the other fun part of this is that when my so my my shift ends at midnight, and then my wife will ideally be sleeping during that time. You know, go to bed at like you know eight or nine p.m. and then she'll get a good night's sleep, somewhat of a night's sleep, I guess, till four. But then she's got to take him into the city for this. So that's like an hour drive from where we live. 
how are you supposed to keep a baby awake in the back seat when the baby is t- like, I, I don't know if she's supposed to like bring a little squirt gun and like spray him with it or, <laughs> you know, if she's got kind of a stick, she can just kind of you know, Poke bump him a little bit from the driver's seat. That doesn't wake sound like. Wake, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ma'am, you're you. soaking wet. You. Like, hey, I got to do get what up, I got to do. <laughs> and Tommy starts dozing. You get up. No, no, no. I have a few other parenting thoughts, actually, and I know that this doesn't ever resonate with you guys very much because you guys aren't in this stage of life. But I was thinking about, um, you know, how you are still a parent even as your kids turn into adults like I am now. I mean, I still I, I, I think I've always thought of it as like I appreciate my parents for the job they did when I was young. And it's like, OK, I'm, I'm good now. Um, and I've realized I've been very thankful lately for how my parents continue to be really good parents to me, even in my late thirties. And I was thinking about this for you as well, Russ, because your parents are incredibly supportive of you, but your parents have, um, you know, Ricky and Cheryl have also been like incredibly supportive of me doing this show with you and everything like that. And I think your dad has kind of become like you know, a fan of my Bears coverage and stuff like that, which is very cool for me. I've actually never met them. I've met uh, I met Tony's dad several times, but I've never met your parents. They seem delightful based on the stories you tell. What was the camp your mom? Camp? Uh, We're not doing this. I love SEHB. I love it. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Don't take me there. But it's cool to see them support not only you but also your friends and take and be so interested in your life like that and uh it means a lot i think that a lot of times you don't realize like how just a little bit of kindness can be a boost to somebody else and like people will always say well when you deal with someone during the day you have no idea what you know, someone that you don't know, like a, like a cashier or something, you have no idea what they're going through or what, you know, what leads it. And it's usually put in a context of like, you have no idea, like uh, if they've treated you rudely, like you have no idea how bad of a day that person's been having or something like that. But you also, I think a lot of times, you know, in addition to like being understanding of people, you never know, like how just being nice and supportive and encouraging of somebody just even a little bit can like be a really nice boost to them and I feel like uh, like I get that a lot from my parents and I, I've gotten that a lot in the past year or so since we've been doing the show from your parents so shout out to Ricky and Cheryl I like them they are uh, they are solid parents yeah and have always been that way and I, you texted me about that the other day and it's like they've kind of that's been them since I started making friends it's like and I've done a good job picking friends like I don't have any friends that are like yo don't go to Tim's. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I've, I've made really good friends that they want to be supportive of. Um, that's interesting. That's, that's no, that's in, in terms of like watching your kids select friends. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's a skill that you hope your children, a good skill that you, that you hope your children have is to be able to identify people, good people that they can grow with and learn from and oh, yeah. learn with. And like, that is, I didn't realize until you just said that now, like how much of a great skill that is to raise up in a child. I'm, and, my kids are at the age where I'm just starting to need to pay attention to that. My kids are eight and 11 and they're just hitting that and they operate at even like kind of a little bit of a higher age than that socially, I think. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just at the start where I need to start kind of like, 
filtering out or kind of like keeping an eye on certain friends or whatever. Oh, and I, I, I'll say this, like my parents never did that. Like they never filtered out. Like I couldn't do everything everybody else was doing, but they were never like, yo, these five people, you can't ha- hang out with them anymore. It was kind of me as I grew and saying, I don't know if I want to rock with y'all because I don't really do what y'all doing. I'm cool. Um, or the friends that I did enjoy hanging out with that I would never introduce to my parents. I would just keep those friends <laughs> in their own little section over here. Uh, but they wouldn't get the old introduction. So, But I, I have a lot of friends who I've been friends with for like going on 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it makes it really easy because like my parents feel the same way you do, Jason. And, and I think that's really cool because I'm lucky enough to be like, yeah, my parents support me and my friends. Everybody doesn't have that where they're like, my parents even support me. So, no, I'm happy to share my parents' support of me with, with, with my friends. I think that's really cool. Tony's parents going the other way. Like, they want him out of the house. They're, they're checking out as much as possible. <laughs> they're like, you, still getting married? All right. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> They've got a little countdown clock up in their house. Uh, one other thing, parenting-wise. I don't know. Have you guys come across this show? I know you guys both have Disney Plus because you watch, like, uh, Avengers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. maybe Simpsons or whatever. But have you come across this cartoon, very, very popular, extremely popular cartoon called Bluey with the little dog characters? Blue's Clues? Not Blue's Clues. Not even close to that in any way whatsoever. <laughs> uh Okay, so neither of you know about Bluey. So this segment will be very short, but uh, all of the other parents, especially the dads, will understand this when I say this has become the probably the most popular kids show in the country. And it's very funny. I enjoy watching it because there's a lot of little like asides to the parents that are funny, but it is completely unrealistic. The dad from this show, like I don't know if he ever has a job or he ever has free time or whatever, because this guy is always sitting there like I'm going to read the paper right now or I'm feeling there's even an episode, Russ, where he's kind of like it's kind of, you know, message to the parents like wink, wink. He's hung over and the kid, the kids are always like. Oh, dad, come play a restaurant with us or come play a zookeeper with us. And he's always like, no, I'm tired. And they're always like, no, no, you have to. And he's like, OK. It's like my kids watch the show and it's like, guys, That's I, not I real. I I'm not doing this. Like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't meet these unrealistic expectations that this cartoon has given you. Russ, one of the biggest challenges that we face doing this show is just the the recording schedule where we record this typically on Wednesday nights and this comes out first thing Friday morning. And you have to be careful. And this has come up a couple of times where we've had to avoid a topic or take something out afterward because a lot can change. That is so much time from Wednesday night to Friday morning. And one of the th- one one great example of this was last week, Wednesday night, we're recording the show and through during the show actually different pieces of information are coming out about Celtics head coach Ime Udoka. And we're sitting there in the breaks just like, what is this? What is going on? Okay, he's going to get suspended. Now he's going to get suspended for a year. What could he possibly have done that would get him suspended for a year but not fired? Now, this week, we don't have all the information, that's for sure. Uh, Matt Barnes does, I believe, or at least according to Matt Barnes. Uh, But we don't. We don't have all the information, but we know much more than we did last week. We know that Ime Udoka 
Uh, it has been reported, I believe, by uh, by Shams and Woj that he was in a consensual relationship with a woman who worked for the team and he's being suspended for a year for that but not fired i i feel like he might still have already coached his last game with the celtics one way or another whether they do decide to fire him at the end of this or he decides at some point that it's better for everybody involved for him to walk away but um this has been a really strange story i think in a lot of ways russ and the the coverage of it and the arguing over the coverage of it um it's just it's really been a mess yeah i from the time it was first reported by Woj, and these are things that i don't know if 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 and i say this respectfully common folk pick up on but how things are reported is something i always look at and watch and it's like we were in the middle of potting, almost done with potting when the news broke last week. And the initial report from Woj was Boston Celtics coach Ime Odoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. And then it comes out a couple hours later, the challenge broke. He had a consensual relationship with a staffer, which is uh, against organization rules um and then you have all the the subsequent fallout obviously him and, and nia long were in this relationship and that's neither here nor there um but then you also have the 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 part about okay if if he, this is serious enough where you suspend him for a year why not fire him and then to jason to your point if you think like many people do that he's coached his last game for the celtics what is the reasoning for not firing him, right? And to me, if I'm looking at that, and you've heard some different reports, like there are a lot of people interested to see if he would get fired because a lot of teams would be interested in him. Are you not firing him because you know somebody else is going to come get him as soon as that happens? And you Could want be. him to pay the, pay the price for this and then fire him as opposed to just saying, hey, yeah, you're done right now, and then him walking into another job in the next two weeks. I think they're buying time. I think that they're still trying to catch up to this and they want to now like, you know, they've had their months long investigation, they say, but they did not get to have a months long look at how the public reacted to this. And that is a factor and that is going to be a factor. I think that the biggest concern here, obviously, Russ, is like it's a consensual relationship. So it's not it's not an issue in that regard. But the power dynamic is a huge problem. No matter who he was in this relationship with, when you're the head coach in an NBA NBA organization, you're one of what the top three or four most powerful and important people in the that that's a problem. And I never understand this. I mean, I guess I do in a way, but like I really feel strongly that you should not date at work. And I know there are a lot of people go in the word of Chris Paul, shit go bad real quick. Like, There's a, I'm sure a lot of people have found their soulmates that way. And where else are you going to go? Like, I mean, you go to work, you go to church, maybe you go to the gym. Like, there's, there, you, there's not a lot of places that most people go in their life. So I get it. But I would say at work, it's just never a good idea. I mean, there are you, – you've got to walk in the door, especially as one of the most powerful people there, and just be like, nope. 
nothing here, not here, not ever, not a good idea. But you know, our, our business doesn't work like that. Right. And men and don't, men don't work like that. Men I, don't. They, they don't. Uh, I, I don't want to make it seem like Ime was the only person who, who did anything here. Like it, was, it was obviously a consensual relationship. However, I think he has the responsibility as the person in of the two that is, like you said, one of the most powerful people in an organization. And I think looking at the situation in totality, it's like, you know how our business works. Tone knows how our business works. If 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 somebody got suspended for a year every time people in the organization, people around the team had these relationships, wouldn't nobody be working? I mean, that's the God's honest truth. And for everybody out there, I would imagine knows that. But if you don't, this happens a lot. And so it, I think that's one of the things for me, knowing that, knowing all the stories that nobody will ever know about, knowing who's actually been sleeping with who and this and that, nobody else gets suspended for things like this. So you, you, we haven't heard all the details. And it was one of the things where I'm like, there has to be more to this story than that's been reported because there's no way this can be what happened and this be the result. Even though if the organization has a rule that, hey, you cannot have a sexual intimate relationship with anybody who works in this organization as a GM, head coach, executive, whatever, that's the team's rule. Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's, it's kind of odd for a lot of different reasons. And, and the, just, I guess the fallout from the team saying they were devastated and all this other stuff, it's, it's kind of wild. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, from, their statements, right? Uh, Brad Stevens and the owner of the Boston Celtics, they came out and they seemed very distraught about the circumstances and angry with the circumstance after a months-long investigation. Um, it doesn't seem like the NBA is involved uh, as of right now from, from what I've read from the most recent reporting, and the police isn't involved. But from everybody's reaction that know about it, right? Matt Barnes... You know, Brad Stevens and, and, and people that the, claim the to owner. know about it, man. Okay. I, I, Tony, you people can't just that... sit here and be like everything that Kendrick Perkins or, or Matt Barnes right. says about this. Especially is... especially since Matt Barnes got information wrong and had to come back to, yo, didn't have all the information. I can't take. I'm not Matt saying Barnes. that those guys couldn't know what's going on, but they are not vetting and sourcing their information the way true. That's fair. Do. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, but also what's fair is you can't mm-hmm. just take that at face value when they say that. You, All right. you can't. You okay. cannot. That's that's fair. My overall point is they also left the door for a firing. They didn't say that he was going to automatically come out. So I guess the frustrating part about this is what's, what's this specific space of um, bad behavior that the police isn't involved, the NBA isn't involved, but it's worth of a, a potential firing in a in a year that is the most i think is the most confusing part uh from a fan perspective and from a, a person that is just watching and reading what's going on is what's going on here if it's not if it is bad enough to not actually state what the the true essence of this suspension was but also like I'm, i just don't get it 
I just don't understand what this is um, and what he done that was that was so bad that he could potentially not coach again. That he could potentially maybe come back after this. Like the whole thing is confusing to me just because of the the said punishment and then the reactions to the said thing that was done. Russ, this is where uh, I wonder, like this story will come out eventually. Every story like this eventually comes out, except for why Roquan Smith missed that game in 2019. I guess that'll yeah, never come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm one of the people that needs to find that out. Yes. <laughs> like nobody can find that out apparently, but this, everything usually comes out from any kind of scandal like this. My question to you though, Russ, is would it be better and I'm, I'm not, this is not a uh, leading question. I'm wondering your opinion on this. Um, I, I'm kind of working through my thoughts on this. Would it be better for the people involved, for the parties involved, if this came out a little more concretely? I mean, that depends exactly what happened. But it, if we got some more specifics on this, would that be if the Celtics came forward or Ime Udoka or someone came forward with a little more information here? Would that be? Would that make this situation a little better for the people involved? Well, I'd say it'd behoove Ime to do exactly what he did: put out your statement that I accept any uh, con- or I accept any punishment that the team hands down, and this is the last I'll be talking about this. Like it doesn't help you in any way to just keep going out and man, I didn't do what they said I did, y'all, and, and all this stuff for months on end while you're suspended and they're not going to change it. Go, go sit down somewhere for a little bit. And let the investigation play out. I think it would. I think the team, if you're one of those players, you want to know what happened. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, who's our head coach? Because this is a team. And honestly, I imagine like basketball is the last thing. But just putting myself in their shoes for a second. You're like, yo, we was in the NBA finals and had a legit shot at winning. And now our head coach who got votes for coach of the year is no longer our coach and after he's suspended for a year might not come back at all so like i want clarity over the next two years of who our coach is going to be because that's going to determine if i stay or not that's going to determine if i'm a free agent am i coming to something like that there's a lot that's at play here besides you just punishing the coach and say hey you're not going to be the coach of this team for the next year but also, to your point to your point by the way uh tono get just a second here to your point like uh, at NBA Media Day, Marcus Smart, for example, was saying, we don't know what's going on any more than you do. And it wasn't like a canned answer. He seemed to really mean that, that like this was just blindsided everybody. And we don't know what happened. We're waiting to see what happened. I mean, to Russ's point about the the player's point of view, also, if he's allowed to come back and they still don't know, like if they don't have a clue about what happened and he are they just supposed to operate like normal like the dynamics of that locker room is has changed forever because if they do find out how can they respect him how can they respect this guy who is is, is preaching accountability uh is, is is it's it's remember when Derek fisher got fired yes because he was talking to or you know mess around with, a, with one of the players girlfriends or something like that i kind of equate this to that like you can't coach in the nba after that because you just lost the respect of the players and that's continual so again even if it's not bad enough where he is banned from coaching in the nba he may be pseudo banned from coaching in the nba depending on what the details are 
because how are the players supposed to respect him after that? It that would be if it is to that level of because we we kind of have to speculate in our minds like oh it's way worse than somebody just cheating with somebody, right? Well, but part of that rust is because we don't have any, a lot of concrete information right. about yeah. this. So, right. so, it, so leaves, it, 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 leaves it leaves a extremely yes. wide range of what yes. might have happened, and so that's where I'm wondering if they came forward with some more information here, would that be beneficial to some of the parties involved or all of the parties involved? I, not if you're just going to piecemeal it and just spoon feed a little bit of information at a time. You need to come up with like, yo, this is what happened. This These people are no longer a member of this organization. It would have to be uh, including Ime Udoka then. Yeah, yeah, yeah both No people. longer so, part of this organization. So Ime and, and the woman who was also involved, neither of these two people are members of this organization. Both of them knew what, what the rules and guidelines were. Both of them uh, broke those rules and guidelines, and now we have to move forward. Like, done. Done. You leave no room open for speculation. Everybody's – nobody sticks around. You don't have any of this, well, in a year, we'll leave it indefinite, and then we'll see after that. You don't leave any of that stuff. It's just, hey, this is what we found. This is our decision. These people are no longer employed by the Boston Celtics. We move forward starting today. The loser in all this uh, is – of course, women, because now you have all of this speculation. You have people on Twitter uh, just, you know, wildly looking through mm-hmm. Celtics media guides or whatever they have or, or finding, you know, their directory or LinkedIn or whatever. And like just speculating about all of these potential people. And you have Russ, this is like this unfairly works against women trying to build careers in sports because Everyone around the league, whether they'll say it or not, says, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not a good idea to hire women to some of these positions where they're working closely with executives or with coaches or things like that. And that's that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the wildest part. And Brad Stevens kind of was legitimately, genuinely angry that Twitter and, you know, social media were looking at their their staff and just blasting women saying, Oh, it must be her or she fine. Oh, like it must be her. Like, yeah. It must be her. And I'm like, man, like, these women have families. These women have kids. And it was just a real, real bad showing f- from America at that point uh, about how we treat women in this workspace, the sports workspace uh, specifically where, you know, it just shows we still have a long way to go. Uh, in that aspect, as much as progress that we've made with women in the sporting space, um, we still have a uh, have a while ago. You know what I think will be the biggest factor in whether Ime Udoka get, gets this job back after this season is whether or not the Celtics are good, which is gross. But I think that's ultimately going to be it. If they're really good under Joe Mazzula, then I'm probably done with Ime. If they're not then maybe they bring Ime back to try to fix it. And that's the last thing that should be a factor in this decision. Yeah, the, the that matters. Like, who who's in charge? The team might not play the same. You can have all the talent in the world, but if they play differently for Ime Udoka than they do for Joe Mazzula, there's never a conversation that's had. 
he's a good coach, and he's he's done very well and climbed and been part. But even before the Celtics, Ime Odoka has been part of uh, Team USA. I think he coached on the Spurs staff before that. Like he uh, he has had a very successful career and is a very good coach. But there are more than thirty guys who could be really good coaches. Like you don't have to keep him. You can find someone else that can do a really good job. So, gentlemen, you guys are occasionally on the old socials. Uh, telling you more than Jason. The internet was uh, internet this week. Jason, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Why did I see uh, Rachel Dolezal's nudes on the timeline Whoa. this week? Uh... I, did, I, did, I just want you to know I did not search these out. Would never search. Well, you must have been phone. searching out something similar. I think we I, talked I, about this, I, right? Doesn't the the algorithm knows what you like? No, no, no! Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that! Maybe it's I just was, that you like fraud, and then this was like, oh, if you like fraud, you're probably gonna like anything. Jason, I was minding my business in the Twitter streets, just scrolling the timeline, mm-hmm. and I see. I mean, I just posted a story that morning, and I'm scrolling through, and I see Rachel Dolezal, who many people know. Um, Said she identified as black as a white woman, changed her hair, lied on applications, etc. Uh, but ass on purpose. Like, did she mean to do this? Well, well, well she well, so after everything came out and she got fired from jobs and whatever, she started the OnlyFans, like okay. many do, and 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 you know, uh, Larsa Pippen, who we've talked about on the show, going to talk about it again today. When you were gone, we had Shayna here, and we were, we read Larsa Pippen's uh, OnlyFans bio. Very this, entertaining. A quick, quick point of fact here, Go just ahead. so I understand. Uh, this might surprise you, but I'm not on the OnlyFans. Um, is Neither only am fans, I. Is OnlyFans only for that? Is it only for? Technically, they would tell you no, but they, did, they didn't make the space for that. But it it that's what it okay. turned into it, it, now it, that's it, what it is it, like if i'm on if i'm on only if i start an only fans account for people to come and watch videos of me oh, that's uh, a connotation they're, going, within it. they're going to assume it's something like that Move. they're not going to think like oh let's get on and hear some hot takes about the bears you're a dude so it's different and no. I, oh, so maybe I know they would like that though. i know it's, it's saying it. that it is though Tom. um and that's i'm not saying that's necessarily fair but like okay. if it there is a connotation. It would be easier to say, hey, I'm starting a Patreon. Come get this free content. They're literally the exact same platform. One is just viewed as, oh, they're getting popping over there. Okay. And one is just, oh, I'm a content creator, and I, I would like to monetize my content. That's right. Patreon. So, so maybe we put a pin or in whether fans. I should start an OnlyFans account for now. We'll just we'll, we'll table that for a minute. So, um, anyway, so, so what was your reaction to these photos? Were you... I was just like, why? Wait, who asked for these? <laughs> that was my reaction. Like, who asked to see you? Uh, Rachel Dolezal. It's time to get it popping. And so, like, I I, <laughs> I was so taken aback. But it wasn't just that she was butt naked on, on social this week. It was the fact that I found out that Rachel Dolezal had a tattoo. And, like, I didn't need to find that out. Oh. I didn't need to find out where. Okay. And I didn't need to find out what it was. So she has a... <laughs> I promise this is all 100% true. She has a very large, I would say about the size of a fist, tattoo of some like diamond triangle type things. And then it just says like justice 
Okay. <laughs> so me, it's like, I know you want to be down for the cause, but you ain't, nobody told you to get the big old justice tatted across your butt. <laughs> okay, so that solves the mystery of where the tattoo is. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Kim, I imagine it's difficult now that nobody will hire her because of, you know, obvious reasons. Like, I mean, she got kids. She got mouths. She? She, yeah, she, she got kids. With, uh, with a white dude or a black dude? There was I'm a curious. Netflix Netflix documentary. Yeah, there was a Netflix so documentary on her. If you, if you want to check out what, you know, the latest it, going it on. It was interesting. I will grant you that it was interesting. It, it was interesting. I will say that. But and it, if, any, if anything, it helps you understand a little better how we got here, I think, with her. Yeah. It, it's not that you'll watch it and be like, Oh, okay. Everything's cool, uh, but you will watch it, and you'll at least be able to follow the line of how she got where she got. Yeah, all that. I mean, all it's, that. she got to do what she got to do, man. This is an interesting new uh, feature of our show where Tony has started this shared notes app file, which I didn't even know you could do. This is how I learned you could do this, Tony. So thank you for teaching me and bringing welcome me up to, to speed century. right probably welcome to you know 2014 is probably when people yeah, started probably. doing this and i found out about it yesterday uh but russ uh, added on there rachel dolezal nudes leak and i was like oh boy what am i gonna how what's my take on this gonna be um but you but you've uh, you filled us in nicely on it i think you I, also I, put on there uh cardi b wilden and yeah, yeah. i'm not aware of any cardi b wilden either so <sighs> Well, it's literally minutes after the Rachel Dolezal nudity was on the timeline. Cardi B got into this back and forth with some person uh, in the culture by the name of Akbar, uh, a lady. And uh, they're getting into this. Is she a famous person or is this just. I I mean, she's not like famous, famous. Like you would know her. I didn't really know her before this whole thing. So she's kind of just like somebody Cardi has been beefing with for a little bit. Her and Cardi are going back and forth. And you got to the point where uh, Cardi's, one of Cardi's replies or quote tweets to this lady was a sex tape of her. And it's kind of just like, all right, y'all. There are children on the timeline. Oh, there shouldn't be. Oh, uh, not at least not Monday. There shouldn't have been. Kids don't need to be on Twitter, man. They really don't. Uh, no. I'm, 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 I'm more so with you because there's some things I see on on Twitter where I'm just like, I didn't need to see that. Not just like nudity, yes. but it's yes. it's kind of just like, bro, I, y'all are wilding. There are some wild boys and girls out here. You know, uh, we talked earlier about like how nice it is. I was talking earlier about like how nice it is when somebody is kind to you. Yeah. I, when you're when someone is kind to you on Twitter, it's like a one in a million. You're like, wait, what? Oh my God, people still do this? Yeah. This yeah. person doesn't hate me? Well, it's so yeah. nice. It's uh I'm gonna print this one out. And I I actually love Twitter, but I agree with you in that we shouldn't see everything. And I think right. we we in our, our in our world today we have so much content. You gotta. And I, I've gotten a lot better this, as I got older. It's just like I'm not. There's some things I don't want my eyes to see. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. There's just some things where it's like you have to protect your peace in a lot of different ways. Where it's like, yo, I don't want to see people getting killed on the timeline. And it was right. there's, there's those ways of where you see that. Um, 
or just even on a smaller level, like you don't on a lower level, you don't want to, you don't need to read every horrible, like hateful, nasty thing. Like that's not, even if it's not directed at you, it's just a bunch of negativity and it's not good. Like this is one of the things, you know, you and I talk a lot about uh, how we were raised, for example, and being, and, and, and now this applies to me raising my kids is that you need to, this is a way that you have learned, for example, for yourself that you want to filter what comes into your mind, like what you read, what you, what you hear, like things like that. Like it's not about your parents setting rules for you. Like you could see the value in it for your own, from your own experience. You can say, this isn't good for me. This doesn't feel good. And I'm really on that now. I've been, I've been really doing better about that in my life for like the last six or eight months, I'd say, where it's like, I don't want to continue to consume things that don't make me feel good. Like I want to be a little more uh, intentional about what I listen to or what I see and things like that, which honestly for me has meant a lot less of paying attention to the news because the news is always horrible. But um, speaking of, uh, well, speaking of asses, Russ, you have informed me on the show sheet that Bill Belichick is one and apparently Zion Williamson's has gotten smaller. Uh, can, can you update us on the latest ass news from, uh, sports, from sports? I here's what did Bill thing. Belichick do that that you didn't so, like? So Jones is he mean Jones, to somebody? Because he's always mean to somebody. Here's my thing: Mac Jones is has been injured, uh, had a very serious high ankle sprain, one that might require surgery, and so Bill Belichick met with the media uh, today. And took reporters from questions, obviously asking about the availability of his quarterback this week and, and the severity of the injury, to which he kept replying, oh, he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day. Actually said he was day-to-day 12 times. And here's my thing, man. There's one thing to say a guy's day-to-day, but that was Bill Belichick doing the whole Bill Belichick thing where it's like, yo, I'm going to be a grouch. And it's like, I think people would always say, oh, he has, what, uh, five Super Bowls, so he can do that. To me, it's kind of just like, look, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 2018. They haven't been really, like, amazing lately. People are trying to do their job. Football's one of those sports where, like, they don't want to give anybody an advantage or whatever, whatever. But it's just like, dude... The act is tired. It's tired. Like, okay, you have five Super Bowl rings. Nobody is taking that away from you. But to continue to be this brick wall where it's like, I won't say anything to anybody. And then people like giving him credit for that. Like, oh, he got five Super Bowl rings. So he can do that. It's like, no, man. I agree. I agree. Like, that. Once Tom Brady won his Super Bowl and you are still wallowing in the division that you once dominated or is now being overtaken, um, that act gets old real quick. Like, you notice Pop used to do that when Pop was winning. Now Pop is the jolly, you know, hey, we suck, so we can't do it. Like, he's very honest and very open with the media now, now that he now that they're tanking. But to keep doing that, that's going to get old for not just for the media, the people that have to take that, but for fans, too, because you're we accepted that behavior when you were winning. 
like, and and I get it, right? Keep the same energy on his part, but hey, man, we we looking at Tom like Tom is being more successful since y'all broke up. So when you said nobody's going to take the Super Bowls away from him, literally nobody's going to take the Super Bowls away from him. But in the opinions and the eyes of fans and stuff like that, now that Brady's being successful in in Tampa and he took the success with him from from Boston. Hey man, come on, bro. Like, if you hate doing this job, just leave. Then that's not, that's just my thing. He is, I don't know. He's weird. I don't think he hates doing the job. I think he does hate the press conferences. Russ, you're very fair to Bill Belichick. Cause I think uh, last year, I think you shouted him out as doing a, a great thing because there was there was a woman who didn't normally cover the team, a reporter who didn't normally cover the team, who came in yeah. and asked him kind of an odd question. He was like very nice about it. Didn't wasn't rude or anything like that. Or um, but what would you do in that situation if you're a reporter where it's like you can tell this guy is going to give you the same answer every single time? I haven't covered a lot of people like that. I covered Nick Saban at the very beginning of my career when I was I, I was very inexperienced and didn't really know exactly how to nope. deal with somebody like that. But I haven't since actually been very fortunate to dealt with a lot of you know pretty reasonable people as coaches. What do you do when you're in that situation, when you're in the press conference? It's like he's just going to give you the same non-answer over and over and over. <sighs> so if I heard quotes like this day by day, what do I look like? A doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? I don't know. Talk to medical experts day by day. We'll evaluate him day by day. What difference does it make to me? Do you think I'm going to read an MRI? That's not my job. It's just like. That's when you get ripped. Like that's that's exactly how that happens. People wonder, like, oh, well, why did somebody rip me, or why did this person rip somebody, or why did they, uh, were why were they critical of this person or this team? It's because of stuff like that. Because there's it's there's clearly something that we're, we're, I'm asking you. If you want to say it's day by day, fine. We're gonna evaluate them. We'll see what the MRI says. Fine. But then you're now turning it up where it's like, yo, what do I look like a doctor? I don't I'm not going to read MRI. They don't pay me. It's just like, bro, now you're you're taking it from me answering your question to I'm going to answer and be an asshole about it. That's how all those things happen. And I, and I think for me, that's not our, like I, I've had people. We talked about this on, on the pod. Like I've had a manager player uh, snap at me. And it's fine. That's part of the gig. But it's just like there comes a point in time where that doesn't play anymore. And that has that's never happened to me multiple times. And every time that I remember that's happened, I've talked to that person the next day and we have a better understanding after that conversation that we had where it's like, yo, I need you to understand very clearly what my job is. My job is not to go in on you. My job is not to make you look bad. My job is to tell the story and to be honest and fair. And that's what I'm going to do. And sometimes I have to ask you questions that you don't want to answer and don't want to answer in that moment. But I'm always going to be respectful of you. And I expect you to be respectful to me. I agree. I th- I think a non-answer like that or a definitive like stance of not giving answers is not ever going to stop me from continuing to push down that Especially line. Especially you. And if you want to do the whole like, and and this has not happened. Like I, I've again been very blessed to deal with a lot of coaches in the various sports that I've covered, going back through 
Eric Spolstra and Adam Gase and Urban Meyer and all these guys that were all very reasonable to deal with for me at that time. I know you, you roll your eyes when I say Urban Meyer because and, and rightfully so for whatever happened after and for a lot of things that happened outside, but uh, totally fine to deal with. Billy Donovan, to, uh, fantastic to deal with actually back when I covered him. Um, but if you're going to do this whole, I'm not, if you really want it, that, that's where you'd be making the biggest mistake with me, I think, is when you start going, well, I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. Because then... I am fully ready to explain to you why you should have some kind of answer for this. And if you don't, that's a problem. Like, I, I, I'm not just going to take like, uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined and, and be done with it. Like, if you if you want to say uh, day to day or day by day or whatever, 12 times, like, I'm, I'm, I will sit here and make you say it 12 times until the end of this press conference. Yeah. Zion? All right. So we, we have, have some to, news for us. We have to make a retraction as a, a podcast. No, 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 no. I know where you're going with this, and I do not like it. No, no, no. This was fair at the time. At No, 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 no. At the time, yeah. We came up I, with this, right? Nobody else used it. We came up with this. and then No, we could, we, down, we, could, we could, we could, we could. No, no, I wish it did, though. I wish it did. Yeah. But fortunately for the young man, he is no longer the walking beignet. <laughs> uh, Zion Williamson showed up to Pelican's media day, felt jacked in good shape, thin, he looked very similar to the, the size he was playing at in college when he was springy and bouncy and healthy. And, and honestly, maybe he looks better than he did then. Um, he talked about being able to get the weight down, get his nutrition right. And if you look at the side-by-side of him at Media Day last year and him at Media Day this year, you can clearly tell it's an individual that took their health and their nutrition seriously. And we talked about it in that walking beignet episode. Yeah, that was funny. But at the same time, like we wanted him to figure that out because That's the thing, we like him. We, yes. like him. we, we want to see what this is and what his career he, can be. He's one of the brightest talents the NBA has. And I know I talked about, Hey, I have somebody to struggle with my weight too. And it's really hard. But at some point you have to say, yo, I'm the adult here. And I wasn't making nearly as much money as Zion was making. Like somebody offered you the world, this rookie extension. Right. Your your part of the deal is, hey, I need to keep my weight down and, and get my nutrition together so I can play in this league for a long time and make a lot of money. So I'm glad Zion got himself in shape. He looks really happy. I'm happy for him. And I'm happy for basketball because – it's really fun when Zion Williams is playing basketball. Yeah, selfishly, right? As, yeah. a, as, a, as a fan. Like, I seen him play in person uh, when he came to the United Center when he was uh, when he was healthy. Uh, and I had never seen anything like that before, ever. Um, his second jump is the quickest that you'll ever see. Uh, I mean, he's not really that tall. Like, I wasn't really impressed by uh, his, his height at all but the the things that he can do in the air at that weight at that mass is ridiculous so i think all this is a benefit to all basketball fans we're about to see you know a guy shoot 60 percent <laughs> from the field this year because nobody's going to be able to stop him in uh in, in the lane and in the painted area and i hope he reminds people why he was the number one overall pick in his his second year in the league, twenty twenty one, before he missed all of last season, my man averaged twenty seven and seven at twenty years old. 
all star. Like that's and and you could say back then he he wasn't as in shape as he is right now. Yeah, he looks in better shape than he was when he was taking number one overall. So that's why you're like, wow, we could look at a dude that could average thirty and ten easy this year. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bullshit. Yes. yes. Hit the button, Tone. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> world class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. Jason, before you start, I want to tell you that it took me months and months of us doing bullshit and I hadn't looked it up. I hadn't YouTube it. I was just trying to go off memory of who that is when Tone was just like world class designer bullshit, to be sure. It's George Carlin. Ah, OK. Great. Right. George Carlin, one of the all time greats. Well, good, good call out. I did not know that. Mm hmm. I'm a, I'm a we, we're big stand up fans here on uh Sports adjacent. Yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, did you know, Russ, a little statistic for you that um, I believe it's 89% of our bullshit segments have been about the Brooklyn Nets and or Ben Simmons? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it would be higher. <laughs> and this one will be too. <laughs> Sheets and Giggles uh, is the sponsor of I Call Bullshit. And you can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Use that link. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Just that link. You don't have to remember anything else besides that link. If you go to their site by that link, you will get $230 off automatically on one of their new mattresses. Tony is going to have some wildly different reviews of Sheets and Giggles, I think, Russ, after the wedding. Oh, yeah. In three weeks, I want to hear. They're either going to get way more fun or they're going to get super buttoned up. And I'm excited to see. He's either going to get wilder than he's ever been, which is a pretty high bar for wildness. Mm -hmm. Uh, or he will be afraid to say anything anymore after that. We'll see. 
<laughs> we will see. Okay. <laughs> the, the Sheets and Giggles mattress is out now. It's available now. It's made with eucalyptus, steel coils, latex. All of this is made to be, one, sustainable, and two, comfortable, like to, like to lay on, like the correct level of firmness. And also, three, airflow. They Everything about them is, is just comfort and keeping you cool, good airflow. You're going to get uh, a really good night's sleep on this mattress and you can put your sheets and giggle sheets on it. You can get on there and order these silky smooth, 100% eucalyptus sheets. You can get their eucalyptus cotton hybrid uh, flannel sheets for winter time. I'm, I don't think I'm going to switch to flannel sheets this winter though, because I just love sleeping in those silky, the sheet set, as they call it, Russ. I, I'll sleep in that all winter, man. It's super comfortable. Oh, 100%. The duvet, the duvet car. I love sleeping in my sheets and giggles, man. I'm about to be traveling again this week, this weekend, because the Bears are playing at the Giants. And it just, I'm telling you, if one of these hotel chains cuts a deal with sheets and giggles, that's going to be my new hotel chain. I'm going to love that. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you'll automatically get $230 off your new mattress. Uh, Russ, I think we're calling bullshit on the entire idea that the Nets are going to be good this year, right? Because they're not. This is a mess. Uh, yeah, like, yes. The only part of devil's advocate I'll play is that they still have two of the top 15, 20 players in the world. And so <laughs> that matters it as does. opposed to other sports. Like, if you have two of the guys, that's 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 half the more than half the battle, um, but that that that's that's something what we've I think as a community said this ain't gonna work. <laughs> it's just not work. It's not. I mean, they I think the, the one time it did okay. was KD. If KD was wearing a size fifteen instead of a size seventeen, and his foot's not over the line against the Bucks, right. they go to the NBA Finals. But didn't happen that way. We can't look back in that lens. So now, look, everything that's happened since then has been bad. James Harden experiment didn't work. KD asked for a trade. Josiah said no. And then it's like, hey, we have come to the agreement that we're not trading KD and we're not trading Kyrie. And uh, Ben Simmons apparently still under contract for us. And so we're inviting him back to camp as well. But there's no way in hell this works. There's no way that they win the finals. I I just think it's sad because I'm going to speak for KD and Kyrie individually extremely talented. Katie's one of the best we've ever seen. He's going to mm-hmm. go down as a top 10 player all time. Mm-hmm. When it's said and done, uh, one of the best score, maybe a top five score ever, Tone, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> it's fine. What, it, what has he been able to do with that size? Finally has the rings under his belt, but it, it's, they're going to play the rest of their primes in Siberia, also known as Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. But it's just like, dude, they still have Steve Naff as their coach. How many times over the last <laughs> – since we started this podcast have we said, yo, what does Steve Nash do? Exactly. I think Kevin Durant was asking that. I laughed a little bit when you talked about them having two of the best because obviously Durant, yes. Mm-hmm. But Kyrie Irving is just – it's so confusing with him. It's so hard to like keep it straight in my mind. And I heard – I heard his Steve, mind. I, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this week, and I thought he, he – I forget his exact language on this, but it was to the effect of – I'm really going to paraphrase here. Please do not try to attribute this to Stephen A. Smith. It was basically, Russ, if if Kyrie Irving wasn't so nutty, you'd pay him $50 million a year without a thought. 
and I and that's kind of the thing that's hard to keep straight in my mind about him is that like you could never plan anything around him. You should not, cannot. It is unwise to do that. But he's still so he's so good. He's think, so awesome with the ball in his hand, man. I heard it best put by Bomani Jones. He was like, "Man, Kyrie, he is so Kyrie, but he is also so Kyrie." And both statements are factual. They, if, and again, I don't want to make it to where we we don't accept the human being that is Kyrie Irving. But the human being that is Kyrie Irving is getting in the way of basketball, yes. Kyrie Irving. Um, and for him to not see what's going on um, is is troubling. But I actually think that it might work this year because what do they have to lose? We've They've already seen the worst in each other already. There's no hiding it. They know what the business is with each party, with, with management, ownership, coach, players. They all know what it is. They asked Marquise Morris, who is the ultimate, man, you either you with us or against us type dude. And his analogy was, and, and and this is close as close to the quote that I can that I that I can get, where it was like, man, me and my wife fight all the time. We still come back to each other. He said that. So if he's cool with it, this is. I think they're gonna have a lot of fun knowing each other's flaws, and I think it may end up working for them at least for this season. One of the biggest reasons why it won't is that Ben Simmons is still an enormous part of this, both financially and he's going to get the minutes. Steve Nash, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the quote from Steve Nash. NBA Media Day is such it's so fun. It's such an event. Like no sport kicks things off the way NBA NBA Media Day is always like just just a just a buffet of interesting stories. And what could be more interesting than the summer you just described for the Nets, where like they all hate each other, they all want out. Durant wants the coach fired, and nobody goes anywhere. They're all still stuck together. But Steve Nash went way too far, like just way too hard of a sell, talking about how great Ben Simmons is, and he doesn't care if Ben Simmons ever takes a jump shot the entire time he's with the Nets because his playmaking is what makes him so great. There is nothing that makes Ben Simmons great right now. It's been a long time. He, He may rediscover it. But he has not been anything close to great. He's been wildly overpaid. And they took on this contract that's got three more years on it, Russ. That's that's like reasons number one, two, three, four, five why this isn't going to work. I said uh, last year, and I said Ben Simmons, we set the over-under at 10 of games played for Ben Simmons, and I took the under. I thought over. Played, I thought for sure he played 10 games. I said, I said he's going to take the under, and my man played zero games. And let's, do, zero. let's do it. Let's do our game because uh, that was fun, a fun exercise for us. I'm going to set the over-under at 55 and a half games for Ben Simmons. I'm taking the under. There's no course, shot in hell. Of course you are. Yes, well, you, well, you are. He, I cashed in the last time. I'm gonna, I'm going to take the over. And here's why. He's actually talking about it now. He went on J.J. Reddick's podcast, very interesting episode, uh, where he explained, you know, his what happened in Philly, um, his troubles shooting the basketball. Uh, now, at least we know a little bit. And I think that is a big step for for us, but also a big step for him to be able to talk about it um, in a in a such a public and massive platform. J.J. Reddick is on huge platform in the podcasting space um so i guess it's a tough question because you you know 
55 games, that's a little bit over half the season. They need him to play, but also they may hold him back. So I think it's going to be near that range. But if I had to choose over 55 or under 55, I think I think I'm going to go over. So my turn my other, or no? Okay. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I'm going no, over. I'm going over too. He's got I I because I'm not against the guy. Like I want him to figure it out. He was a fun player, and I'd like him to be a fun player again. I'd like him to be healthy to do that. Uh, Russ, I believe also you have um, banned Ben Simmons' talk on this podcast. Like, did I? Time. Well, like about, well, about every other week. Every other week, you said this is the last time we're talking. Well, about it was annoying last year. Here we are in September of 2022. It's a reset because last year everybody it, every every week was oh Ben Simmons coming back. No, he's not. <laughs> No, he's not. And we knew it at the time. Yeah, you kept bringing it up. You kept throwing in a rundown, his own individual segment. So that's why I was bothered. He's interesting. But here's my thing with Ben Simmons. Uh, the reason I set the number at 55 and a half is, one, he didn't play all last year, and he hasn't played more than 59 uh, games since 2018. And tone to your point that you made in the past about Ben Simmons, I need to see him put in the work. Cool, you talking on JJ Reddick's podcast, but JJ Reddick's not holding your hand when you're out by the three point line and people defend you below the free throw line when you're you're by yourself at the top of the key. You need to knock down the three. Um, and by I, the way, I, he he's not in a place where I assume that's going to happen. Brooklyn oh, is not one of the Brooklyn is not one of the places that you just assume he's not. It's not like he's with Miami or Boston or San Antonio or Golden State where you're like, oh, they will get the best out of him. I don't. I don't have that confidence whatsoever about Brooklyn. I just. Uh, I don't know because of what I've seen, where it's just like, yo, if this is the clear flaw in your game, and you you're serious about taking it to another the next level, you'd be working with shooting coaches. You'd be doing all these different things. I don't want to see you in these open runs where you're knocking down six, seven, eight threes, but you're wide open in the gym by yourself in a game and you don't even look at the basket, right? Like I need to see it before I can just say, all right, Ben Simmons is back to being that guy. Tone, if we had Kevin Durant on the show this week as guest co-host and he was part of this segment, would he call bullshit on Kyrie Irving in general? Like, what did I, what was I thinking signing up with this guy a few years back? No, nah, that's his man's. And he's like, did he vet that thoroughly? Because this is even he couldn't. Nah, that's been pretty consistent, you know. Like, even with the reporting about how he felt about Kyrie not getting, you know, a new contract. That's why, you know, one of the reasons why he was asking for a trade is to kind of leverage that situation. That's his man. That's his guy. For whatever reason, for whatever, however they met, you know, over the course of their basketball lives, that is his guy. Uh, and they 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 ride for each other, kind of regardless. So I guess you can respect the friendship. But, you know, hey, everybody has the right now uh, in terms of with player empowerment to uh, do what you want with your career if you have the, the skill enough. Uh, and that goes to ruining it. Ruining it. Well, I can take words. Ruining it there as go. well. I just watching Kyrie talk at Media Day, it did not seem like he knew at all that Kevin Durant was going to request a trade. He, he seemed like still in hindsight, like there was, that was not coordinated. They don't seem like they're on the same page to me. Yeah. 
they work friends. <laughs> well, and KD maybe should I mean, imagine like, like think of him coming from Golden State. And I know there's a whole lot of things going on with him in Golden State. But think of like, you know, partnering up with Steph Curry versus partnering up with Kyrie Irving as far as just as far as work goes, just as far as knowing what you're going to get going forward. We'll try to get KD on sometime to talk about this. Uh, Honestly, I would love to have KD on. KD is, I think, a very interesting dude. I think and he'd I be think, mean. He just would be mean, man. I I don't think that's him. I've seen him in enough places talking where it's like, that's not your real persona. That's your best of the basketball media persona. That's not who Kevin Durant is. So I'd be interested in, I consider myself a decent interviewer. And like, would yes. be, I feel like I could break through. If Letterman Tone, can do it, I can do it. Tone, work on this for us, all right? This is what, what a producer does. <laughs> shoot him a tweet. That's the way to get him, bro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you got to start with something real fiery and angry to kind of get his attention and then work it down from there to him coming on the show. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Check out their mattresses. And you, if you go to that link, you can get an automatic $230 discount. No promo code needed. If you go via that link, it will apply automatically at checkout. That's sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes. Well, are you aware of news from uh, baseball? Usually you're very on top of this, but uh, Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run over the weekend. Fifth, uh, fourth guy, I'm sorry, ever to get to 700. And quite a night for you being there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. You're sitting in Dodger Stadium. I'm sitting in Vince Scully's booth uh, at one of baseball's cathedrals watching – an all-time great get to a milestone we might never see again. A very cool night. You like Albert Pujols. I think you uh, you did a sit-down with him mm-hmm. in the summer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember you uh, saying or tweeting or something at the time like, hey, it'd be great, but this there's just almost no yes. way this guy gets to 700 this year. Yeah, I quote-tweeted it uh, earlier, and I said, hey, I don't know if he can hit 15 home runs. Uh, but it would be really cool. And then I cool tweeted that. Uh, cooler uh, than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. So now awesome experience. That, that's well, I, to ask you guys, what have you been in the building? Jason uh, more so on the tone, maybe, but even tone, like what's the coolest sports achievement that you've been in the building for? I have seen, uh, I've gotten to see a lot of great players. Um, I would say one of the coolest things I was in the building for was, and this is not necessarily historic in the sense of like all-time baseball history like Albert Pujols, but I was an intern in Miami covering the Super Bowl that the Bears were in and that opening kickoff to Devin Hester was, I was, the auxiliary seats I was in in the stadium were in the end zone that he was running toward. And that's an amazing thing to get to see. It's cool. Uh, I was there when uh, Clay Thompson broke the three-point record. I was covering the Bulls then. <laughs> it was <laughs> wild. That's that is a pretty cool performance, though. That's that's one you could tell the old kiddos about. 
I think that was a cool moment for you. It was very fortunate the way that it worked out. You have no idea when you get this schedule of which games no. you're going to be doing on Friday nights that anything like this is. You probably never even like considered that you'd be. Months in it the was booth months for, ago. And, and this is not a thing that happens. For I mean, it's going to be. It might be years and years and years till we see someone even get six hundred again. I, I'm very. I don't know if we ever see somebody get to seven hundred. Like I think, I think there's a couple like Cabrera, guys. Like, Cabrera's like a hundred away from six hundred, isn't he? Yeah, and there's no shot. Like the guy had five this year, and he yeah. can't pull the ball anymore. Like there, it, it was Trout for a long time was on a, a, a good trajectory, but with the injuries, he'll he's gonna be lucky to make it to five at this point in his career, which I think he'll get to because I think he's at like three seventy or three a little bit over three fifty, so he'll get to five hundred. Um, and Stanton would get to 500. Judge has a shot of getting to 500. Manny Machado can get to 500. But to get to 700, you have to be 40 homers consistently for almost 15 years. And that's really hard to do. Russ has a good column on uh, BallySports.com about what it was like being in the booth that night. You can find that, I'm sure, on his Twitter page. Or if you mm-hmm. just Google it, you'll, you'll find that. Um, Russ, are you familiar with MetLife Stadium in New York? I am. Home of the Giants and Jets. Uh, Bears headed there this weekend. They'll play there Sunday. Oh, very nice. Where are you yep. staying? And you staying in East Rutherford? No, I don't do that. No, <laughs> I'm an adult now. You will uh, be. I will. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I will be whatever at whatever is the most reasonably priced hotel in Manhattan that I can find. Um, hey. Soldier Field is uh, is no longer unrivaled for the distinction of most dangerous playing surface in the NFL because MetLife Stadium and their turf, this is where the Giants and Jets play, so there's games here all the time involving teams from both conferences, uh, really becoming a problem. And I don't know if you guys saw Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Giants, but the Giants' leading receiver, Sterling Shepard, left with a torn ACL, and the video of this is really jarring because he's just kind of jogging and then all of a sudden it gives out and we, we probably wouldn't make a lot out of that but there's a there's a history here with this field where a lot of teams the ravens the 49ers uh have all complained about this turf odell beckham uh was saying that uh, well we'll get to that in a second but um uh kyle fuller tore his acl on that field this season Juwan James of the Ravens tore his Achilles on that field this season. 2020, the 49ers uh, suffered several game-ending leg injuries, including Jimmy Garoppolo in a game there. Um, Odell Beckham said that it's ridiculous that they continue. He, he His tweet was that uh, it's ridiculous that they keep playing on this. This sport brings in billions of dollars. Like, how can they not figure this out? And I think, Russ, he has a really good point. And he used to play there. He was on the Giants yeah. from 2014 through 2018. But, like, the Bears, for example, uh, they played the preseason game in August against the Chiefs at Soldier Field. And the union head and plenty of other people, agents, are saying, why are they playing a game on this field? It's ridiculous. It's horrible. Cairo Santos, the Bears kicker, says after the game, talking not about himself, not about how difficult it is to kick on, saying, look at the stars that are in this game. Look at, like... Uh, Eddie Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Robert Quinn. Justin Fields is playing on this. Travis Kelsey is playing on this. Like, look at look at these guys playing on this field. What happens if one of these guys is out for the year because of some injury they suffer on a on an inadequate field in a preseason game? Like, why is this not more important? And I'm so cynical that I don't really believe that the league cares that much 
about player safety for the good of the players. But this is like for the good of the league. What happens if a, if somebody that you really uh, like hold up as one of the stars of the league, what happens if a Patrick Mahomes type gets hurt on like on tur- turf that nobody should be playing on? Yeah, it's bad. Um, it's reckless. It, that's that's the one of the that's the the next fifteen years of the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. Like he tears his ACL because of something that was controllable that somebody could do something about. You're gonna feel really bad about yourself. So, yeah, I, I would I would like to think that these these teams, these stadiums, would get these field situations right. But here's the thing: if I know that the Jets and Giants are gonna play here for seventeen straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Bad Bunny, when he comes to New York, <laughs> is going to play at least two shows here at MetLife. I forgot about the Bad Bunny factor. You're right. If, if I'm, I'm going to have the the New York, uh, the Red Bulls or mm-hmm. whatever soccer team have all these. If Beyonce comes to New York and plays at the at, at, at Met, like that's the surface that we have so that we can have all these people. Sorry, like we're making a lot of money. We're not just going to put some natural grass down here so that y'all feel better. So it, I, I, it's, I think that that plays into the equation of, hey, man, we're making a lot of money because we can have this field turf. We can lay down a tarp and everybody can come trample on it for weeks on end and be okay. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Felt like the right time to uh, to hit that tone. It's been a while. Yeah, Bears. Well, uh, everything's fine is our uh, periodic check-in with the Bears. And everything is fine. Everything is fine there, Russ. In fact, like everything's more than fine. Look at them run the ball. Remember when Matt Nagy? Remember when Matt Nagy wouldn't run the ball? He refused. He ran like uh, he ran the, the fewest times that they'd ever run, and he was like, "I, I know we got to run the ball. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot." But then he said, "Yes, I am on Sundays. Play call." <laughs> well, uh, so that Be part- you. Do you miss that? <laughs> uh, no, know the why. We got to know the whys. Ah, man, Matt Eberflus said that the other day about something about the whys, and I almost. Was, I was thinking like somebody should tell him. Don't, <laughs> don't say that around don't here. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> different phrasing. Don't say that. Don't say that. People don't want to hear those words. Uh, so the run game works now, actually. It's very good. Um, only thing is, and this might be a little bit of an issue, they don't pass anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of concerned, Jason. I'm very concerned. Um, the game that Justin Fields played against the Texans that he was very fortunate to win. Yeah with a 27.7 passer rating. Uh, that was the first time that I've been, I've started to think that uh, he might not be good. And there have been a lot of problems. There have been a lot of circumstantial issues around Justin Fields. I mean, you remember he, his rookie season was a joke. They, 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 the things they, around they, him were a joke. And that, I, I, if he doesn't work, you could say they ruined two quarterbacks. Possibly, yes. Yeah. Uh, my my thinking on Justin Fields has always been, uh, I think he's good, but I don't know that he's good. And this season, this would be the time where you think you'd start to see some signals that he is going to be good, and it has been just the opposite. In fact, uh, he's last in everything. I mean, everything. 
and, and he played one game in the rain. And he played one game where they, uh, the game plan was uh, very truncated as far as the passing game goes. But he has thrown the fewest passes. He has the least yards. He has the lowest completion percentage. That is a concern to me. You can't be out here completing like 50% of your passes when, you know, 65 to 70 is considered good. Right. Um, Especially when you're not stretching the field. It's not like you're throwing 40-yard bombs. He has the worst passer rating. He has the highest percentage of times sacked, like the most percentage of his dropbacks he gets sacked on. And he has the highest interception percentage in the league. Through all this, uh, the Bears have completed 23 passes, 23 completed passes in their first three games. That is the fewest by any team through their first three games since before all of us were born. All of us, including me. So this that is the fewest amount of passes completed in the first three games of a season since the 1982 Patriots. It's like way before the Patriots were good, just so you know. Uh, it's... It's sad because you know they they have they don't have they have problems at the skill positions because I I would I came on his his podcast several times and said they'd love to talk how about how good Darnell Mooney is and I have not seen Darnell Mooney uh, Cole Komet listen man I know he was a Bears fan but that that brother is not good uh, I think he has one reception on the year and I think uh, Darnell Mooney has three so. It's it's rough at the skill positions for the Bears, but also like I think my thing with Fields, and I know I'm not going to football this out. He's missing throws that you you should make. Yeah, like you got to hit the three step drop for a slant where there's nobody in the middle of the field. You can't overthrow your receiver. You, you some of these things are within his control, and you need to see improvement. However. Development is never linear in any sport. And I saw a stat of how through 13 games of their careers, he basically has the same stat line as Josh Allen. And we now know what Josh Allen is. I don't think that's necessarily fair because you got to put that in context, but the numbers are almost identical. It's interesting you bring that up because I looked up a lot of the, he's Justin Fields has played 15 games now. And you got to remember that uh, not every one of those games was a full game. There were games where he played – he came in at halftime, one of those games. One of those games was the season opener of last year where he played like five plays sprinkled in here and there. Um, but if you just want to like kind of simplify your study enough that you can work with it, uh, I looked up the passer ratings through the first 15 games of any quarterback that's been an all-pro for the last decade and the 11 quarterbacks that made the Pro Bowl last year. 11, 11 quarterbacks made the Pro Bowl. This is why so nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. Right. So why they're uh, changing it, yeah. None of them had a passer rating as low as his through 15 games. But Josh Allen was the closest. Justin Fields is at 69.9 passer rating through 15 games. Nice. Josh Allen, I think, was around 72. So there's some optimism there. But like the average of all of those guys that we have found out later to have been very good, uh, it was closer to like 90 through the first 15 games. There was much more of an indication at this point that it was headed the right way. And now it's like this whole season for them was about trying to I, – I believe the most important thing for them this season beyond anything else is you got to figure out if Fields is your guy. You either got to develop him into your guy or realize that he's not and then move on because especially if he's not, their record's going to be terrible. They will not keep winning games this way. 
counting on interceptions in the end zone and, uh, and you know, rainstorms and monsoons and whatever, you'll be drafting very high if Justin Fields isn't good. And that is your time to make a move. Mm-hmm. They are, they seem like they are either unwilling to take the chance to give him the opportunity to really show what he can do when you have a game where you throw 11 passes, for example, or where you're running on third down, third and long in some of these cases. Um, but they might just be scheming around him because they feel like they already know. And we're trying to figure out what's going on with that right now because they definitely give off this vibe of we're scheming around his limitations rather than scheming for what he can do. Do you feel like they can't protect him enough to, for him to throw the ball 25 times? That's a problem too. Like, I mean, they, he, for example, his rookie year, once he started playing Russ, you know, Matt Nagy's a huge part of the problem. But Ryan Pace is a huge part of the problem, too, because of the players that he put around Justin Fields. You're seeing inadequate offensive line, not enough weapons in the passing game. Ryan Poles comes in. Has he fixed either of those? I mean, it looks like it looks like kind of the same thing to me. That offensive line is doing really well for the run, but they're not giving him a ton of time. He's under pressure a lot. Uh, the wide receivers, I think Darnell Mooney is good, is a good wide receiver. I don't know who else is on that team. I don't know who else. There's nobody else that's proven anything at wide receiver on that team. So they have not put the right things around him. But if you're a quarterback that needs everything to be perfect for you to succeed, that's everybody. That's that's Chase Daniel. That's every quarterback. Anyone that's good enough to make it to the NFL can step in and do fine if everything around him is perfect. You've got to be able to improve the situation with your contribution, and that has not been happening. Forbes, Russ, did uh, an analysis of the richest owners in sports. And for the eighth straight year, it's the same guy. Tone, do you know who it is? Richest owner in sports. The Clippers owner. Got it. Steve Ballmer, 83 Bill, eighth richest man in the world. He retired a long time ago. (laughs) He's doing all right. Uh, Then it's Rob Walton of the Broncos, David Tepper of the Carolina Panthers, Robert Pera of the Grizzlies. And Steve Cohen of the Mets. Y'all know how much money $83 billion is? I, I don't. I really don't. Like, I can't. Like, I, I don't have a mental, like, conception of that. Like, if you had $1 billion, life is beautiful. You couldn't run out of it, I don't think. You could, no, you can't. You can't run out of it. You could buy to, and I anything. You could buy anything. You could buy anything you want, anytime, any car, any house. You could buy a house in all 50 states. You could buy a car that to have at each of those houses in each of those states. You could buy a plane, multiple planes, multiple boats, yeah. multiple yachts, cruises, whatever. And you'd have still close to half a billion dollars be fine. remaining. To have that 83 times over, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, he needs to buy more sports teams because otherwise, hey, you know what? Yeah. He got it. Or buy some countries or something. Yeah, you um, got that too. Russ, are you familiar with Pusha T? I am. Yeah. Uh, I know this is just marketing and this is packaged and everything, but I love it. I, I believe this is called a diss track uh, that he made on behalf of Arby's. Oh, number two, his second one. That's right. He is. Uh, he, he has already. He, he uses these to promote Arby's, but also go after McDonald's. Uh, earlier this year, he released one where he went after the spicy fish sandwich. Uh, this time, he's going at the McRib. Beloved by many. Um, I'm not a big McRib fan. It, 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 it's mystery meat to me. It's Go been ahead. the thing that I've told my mom for years she needs to stop doing. Because two things she loves, 
uh, Shamrock Shakes and the McRib. And I'm like, Ma, you don't have to do this. I do love the Shamrock Shake. That's that's good. I'm afraid of the McRib. I am a little afraid of what's in the Shamrock Shake, but I'll drink it anyway because I like it. Um, anyway, I just want to give you a little taste. Uh, uh, Pusha T says he's, quote, war ready to go after McDonald's. Uh, here's a sample of, of his latest uh, diss track. And now, Tony Gill reads... What's up, guys? Tony Gill Glasses back at it again. Uh, this is Pusher T's from his new hit, Rib Roast. Arby's is the choice when you won't settle. McDonald's, what you selling? Mystery meat? Hop up and go away. What does history teach? Mickey D's McRib, you ain't in the streets. The real country style rib sandwich, here to compete. What so does the sad history part teach? Is, the sad part is Pusher T can really rap. Mm-hmm. That check must be great from Arby's. That was a question I jotted down was, uh, does he need money? He does not. Okay. So, so, so something about Pusha T, he wrote the, um, I think him and his brother, didn't they write the, one of the slogans for, I'm loving it, I'm loving it for McDonald's. Oh. They have more money than they 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 have know what to do with. So I don't, they didn't need it, I, but more power to them. They trying to catch Steve Ballmer. <laughs> yes, there you go, Russ. What, what would your diss track be about? Like if there was like a a fast food or a uh, something on that level, like a, a Chipotle or a Buffalo Wild Wings. What what would you do? What would you would you go after Portillos? <laughs> Portillo's, your sandwich is so illo, like in a bad way. Oh, you got it. No? Hey, <laughs> I yeah. would go after Chipotle. Okay, uh, I don't know what the bars would be yet. We'll we'll, we'll come back to that. You keep working but, on that, okay? But definitely Chipotle because I I feel, my Portillo smoke isn't. I'm critical because I want them to do better because I I they're a fine establishment. They're local. Mm-hmm. I just want them to like speed things up, be a little bit more efficient, kind of not just throw the stuff in the bag. I need I want them to have to take some pride sometimes. Yeah. Chipotle, they like, hey, take this uh this this E. coli guac and you go ask for extra. So like it's kind of meant yeah. My my yeah. beef is way more oh. serious with, with Chipotle. Chipotle could be a good one. You know it rhymes with a lot of things. You'd be like, you know, Chipotle, your burrito makes me say no way. Look, you've been in a booth. You wrap it in a tortilla. It gives me diarrhea. Jason know. been Jason in album mode. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what about you? Uh, Did you uh, not think I was going to come to you on this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had a lot of time to think about this while Russ was. Okay. I would do the coffee at Panera. I had this thing where I was getting through my credit card where I got free coffee at Panera, which I don't usually go to. And uh, usually that would like the idea of that is like you'll get hooked on it and love it and keep going. And like their coffee is so watery. It has no flavor to it. You're such a father. Such a father. That that would be the most like that would be like the most middle aged white dad rap you could do is probably about how the coffee at Panera is too weak. I don't live near Panera anymore, but uh, the orange scone at Panera 
Solid. Okay. And finally, Russ, uh, you enjoy a good happy hour, don't you? Yeah. Who sure. doesn't? It's it's right. called happy, happy right. hour. It's happy fun. hour. Yeah. It's happy hour. So you might be thinking like, uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna after work today. I'm going to happy hour. Uh, you know, it'd be fun. I'll uh, I'll bring my pet raccoon to happy hour. Okay. Okay. If you were thinking that, that's a bad idea. And uh, a a 38 year old woman in Matic. North Dakota should have probably thought of this. This uh, she she found out the hard way that you should not bring your raccoon, your pet raccoon, to a bar. This is reported by the Associated Press, so this is a real story. Uh, it is illegal to have a raccoon as a pet in North Dakota. I looked it up, by the way. Also illegal here in Illinois, so please cool. keep that in mind. Uh, she walked into this uh, bar for happy hour with her pet raccoon. There's 10 people, 12 people in the bar, whatever. Uh, the bartender immediately asks her to leave because uh, she's got a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that in the bar. Out. She refuses and uh, instead takes the raccoon on kind of like a tour of the bar all around. Uh, raccoon's kind of not safe because of the rabies concern. And uh, she's there for a little while and then leaves. Uh, of course, this is a, a health situation where you can't have a raccoon in a restaurant. You don't want a raccoon having interactions with people. As soon as the police in North Dakota are alerted to this, uh, to raccoon human contact, they have no choice uh, but to get involved. And they tracked down the raccoon. Uh, they tracked down the woman. They had to put out a rabies warning. You know, anyone that had come in contact with this raccoon. Uh, you know, would should should get tested probably, or take a look, uh, or be on the lookout, or whatever. Uh, and they had to put the raccoon down because of obvious concerns. So, the lesson, as I was trying to tell you at the beginning of this, is: do not take your pet raccoon to happy hour. Not a good idea. And delete his wild Amazon. They straight where they at. I agree. I agree. Leave him alone. I, I, we have this weird fixation as people of bringing the outside in and the inside outside. It doesn't really let the let the animal let all the like non dog cat parakeet gerbil animals stay where they are. There's been uh, there's been six reported uh, rabbit animals in North Dakota this year, Russ. In, in case you're planning a trip there anytime soon, uh, two bats, two cats, one cow, and one skunk. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cancel the old flight to North Dakota. I think that's the news. Uh, This has been another edition of Sports Adjacent. I'd like to thank everybody for listening once again, as you always do. We appreciate you. You stopping by and hitting the old button that says Sports Adjacent. As always, our podcast is powered by, presented by, sponsored by our good friends at Cheats and Giggles. You can get the wonderful eucalyptus mattress made with eucalyptus, the steel, latex, keep you cool at night. And it's one of those things where we're in the fall. Those temps are dropping. We have, we're have we getting to those days where the high is about 55, 56. It was cold today. Yeah, I was out of the ballpark in just a sweater and, and the boy uh, the boy was a little chilly. But these mattresses, they keep you cool because sometimes it can get really warm at night. I get very warm. And so you you want a nice mattress that keeps you cool at night. This mattress does that. You can get $230 off by going to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA. You don't have to put in a promo code. Takes it off automatically. And while you're there, get you some sheets. You want to get a nice little duvet for your bed, for your new mattress. 
They got that on there for you, the flannel sheets, whatever, whatever you want to get as far as your betting is concerned. You can find it at cheeksgiggles.com. So <laughs> this is where you do your sheets and giggles endorsement. <laughs> that we've been doing for right several episodes that you seem to never expect for some reason. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to giving uh, a, a more thorough, more intimate uh, discussion about my sheets and giggles post October 14th, which is oh, oh, okay. my magic day where I become officially married to my love Stephanie. So. Um, I guess all I can say is stay tuned for that endorsement because that one, you know, you're going to have to put the, the kids to bed on that one. You feel me? So that, this is a promotion. Oh, they've been, they, they've been doing that already. Promotion. You know, you understand me? This is a promotion for another promotion. Yo, the podcast on October the 26th is going to be wild. There was one oh, time, Russ, where uh, he had done a Sheets and Giggles endorsement where he talked about they hug your butt so well, so well. And I, I relayed this to my kids because they think Tony's hilarious. And uh, <laughs> so they were walking around like imitating it. This is like six months ago. And uh, so ne- ever since then, they asked me like every week, oh, dad, on Thursdays, dad, what was Tony's uh, thing about the Sheets this week? And that's always my answer. Russ is shaking his head. I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry, guys. I, or I just am like, I, I forgot. Yeah. The old dad, I forgot. Well, because it's either that or I say you'll blow your back out or whatever he says last time. No, you can't tell kids that. Right. They'll, they'll go around school telling kids, yo, you're going to get your back blown out. And then now they're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> that's actually very funny. Hey, with that, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.